Hi, and welcome to Speakeasy Security from ESET. I'm your host, Ransom Burkett, head of ESET North American PR. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Tony Anscombe, ESET's chief security evangelist. And this week, we have a special guest, Ari Goretsky, an ESET distinguished researcher. Hey, Tony. Hey, hi, Ransom. So this week, we're going to chat with our special guest about the issues surrounding the use of old technology. And you know, we've all got lots of that in our homes, I know. Specifically, though, if you're running Windows 7, which is actually a pretty old operating system at this stage. And according to NetMarketShare, it still accounts for just under 30% of all devices out there. Wow. Wow. With 30%, that's a huge number. And I'm glad we're taking on this topic this week. And I'm glad Ari is here to provide us with some advice on assuring how to run these out-of-date operating systems in the safest way possible. So I'm going to introduce a guy that I've known since I started working here at ESET. Now, he has a history within the security space that spans over two decades. And this man has seen the industry evolve more than once. He's one of the industry's most celebrated security specialists, and professionals and has collaborated with some of the biggest names in the world. And I'm happy to welcome Ari Goretsky to the show. Hi, Ari. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to be here on Speakeasy Security. Great. We're glad to have you. Thanks for coming. So uh, did I get that right? How long have you been working in the industry? Well, you're you're technically correct, Ranson, which is the best kind of correct to be. <laughs> uh, this September will mark my 31st year in the industry. Oh, wow. Wow. So three decades. That's amazing and impressive. So, so Ari, what do, you, what do you do at ESET now? Well, uh, in my 15 years at ESET, I have worn a lot of hats, um, helping out uh, support, sales, marketing, and even the legal departments uh, at times when conducting research. Um, but my primary function here is a researcher, and much of that has focused on Windows operating system security research because Windows is so prevalent in the world today. So that's all, that, yeah, that's uh, that's quite a legacy. And fifteen years at ESET, Ari, I didn't actually realize that. Oh, an, an old timer. So I want to kick off with an example of actually a, a Windows Seven device in my household. My Windows Seven device is sitting right there underneath my TV, and is sometimes used to uh, through a VPN to access some things that I need to access to stream onto the TV and. It's also there to stream things that may be where there are not apps or not connections through apps on the smart TV to get to certain services. So it kind of supplements the smart TV. It sits there on a completely separate network, so it's outside of my regular home network. But of course, it's still protected uh, within that network, but I would love you know, for it to be better protected. Um, Ransom, do you, I'm curious, do you have any old Windows 7 devices in your household I, I did for a while and then i did that update uh, over to windows 10 and it uh i haven't looked back to be honest but um as you mentioned i do stream quite a bit of content that um has you know has done me well you know and uh, it's really good to hear that you have a personal example because i think that's what's uh, probably commonplace these days you know and it's a good example of why we have Ari here this week to even talk about you know old tech end of life expiring versions all those things that you know, running older versions of software allow us to do. And whether it's old software, or old devices, sometimes an upgrade is probably just out of our reach. You know, we can't all upgrade at the moment. You know, there's a new uh, update available or a new device out. So, and, and maybe there's also that sense, right? I think some people say, well, you know what? It's probably not going to be so bad, right? The experience or, or better yet, or, or worse yet, they say it's, a, it's secure enough, right? And, um, but I don't think that's kind of the right mindset. And 
Ari, I'd like to pose this to you. Isn't that kind of the thinking that some cyber criminals want to take advantage of? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, a lot of people keep these older systems around because of their familiarity. They know exactly how to use them and what they do. And that's great. But um, these systems are now insecure. Uh, they're no longer receiving updates from the manufacturer, from uh, Microsoft, uh, op hardware vendor. Um, but people don't tend to notice these things because security tends to be invisible. Um, and that kind of creates the perception that there's no need to replace these devices because they just work. Um, aside from letting bad actors into your network environment where they can install crypto miners, extort you with ransomware and other forms of criminality, they can also take your computer and use it as a part of their attack chain. Um, it could be used as a springboard from which to attack other computers or to transport stolen information. And that's assuming they don't bother going after your information first. So they're using the devices then to make money for themselves, um, which is kind of interesting. So by the way, I should explain that my devices actually sat there because I'm just too lazy to actually update the operating system. For, for no other reason, I should uh, I should probably get to that one day. Um, get that upgraded, Tony. But uh, but Ari, you have a lot, yeah, a long history with Microsoft, McAfee, and now now at ESET. What do you actually see as the biggest risk associated? If you had to nail it down to one one individual item in there, well, that that's a tough one. Um, I would say that it is actually a combination of risks. You have machines which can no longer be properly secured and that you typically have little visibility into because since they're not secured, they're not being properly managed. Um, this makes them desirable to an attacker because they can serve as ingress points or footholds um, with which aren't being monitored and allow them to attack your network and others. So I assume the same stands, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sitting here with a Windows 7 PC. I assume the same stands if somebody's got something even older with an XP machine. Uh, that's correct. If you have something that is as old as running XP and is still connected to the internet, well, the first thing you should do is unplug that from the internet. So I won't mention, I won't mention my Microsoft Windows 3.1 machine that I use for something else. <laughs> okay. It's a, shame <laughs> it's a shame podcast don't show the visual expression that Ari now has on his face. It despair with me. Um, yeah. So we hear a lot about patching devices. And as, in fact, the three of us on this call all know that uh, on a regular basis, Microsoft you know, have Patch Tuesday, where they release security updates and, and feature fixes for current, current OSs. But of course, Windows 7 is outside that patch cycle now. Does that, I mean, is that something I should be, you know, people should be concerned about when running old versions of OSs? Uh, yes, that, that is a very big concern. Um, Microsoft is a good example um, because they typically provide security patches for uh, their operating systems, applications like Word, for a decade and sometimes longer, which is a long time uh, to deal with a class of threats and get a lot of intelligence about how those operate. Um, as an example of this, uh, during the uh, Windows XP and Vista eras, computers were threatened by auto-run USB worms, which accounted for about a quarter of all infections uh, that we were seeing at ESET on a day-by-day -day basis. Um, 
it wasn't until Microsoft started introducing limitations to automatically running programs uh, that these decreased to, well, just about nothing, which is what we see today uh, since Windows 7 was released with those patches. To their credit, um, Microsoft sometimes provides patches for operating systems after their end of life um, that could be due to extraordinary events, uh, such as a vulnerability being exploited by a nation state. But these are very irregular events, and it's not the kind of thing you should count on or rely on for securing your system. Great. Thanks for that, Ari. I mean, you, you mentioned something that I was kind of curious about. You mentioned auto-run USB worms. What are those? Oh, well... Um, when Microsoft introduced Windows XP, they had a feature called autoplay, which allowed the computer to automatically see when a CD or a DVD or a USB flash drive was attached to a computer. Uh, they also added a companion feature called auto run, which allowed the computer to automatically run a program just off of that discovered device. Um, Normally, this was done for things like educational software. You just stick a CD in the computer and it runs. But virus and malware authors found out that this was a great way for them to spread worms. Just copy it to uh, the root of someone's USB flash drive, and it will spread uh, on infinitely, essentially. A computer worm that was very big from that era uh, called Conficker, uh, we still occasionally get reports of today. Hey, that's 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 really interesting, and and I assume at the moment there's probably lots of people out there with with kids that are being homeschooled, and they've probably dusted off old laptops and whatever to allow their kids to be homeschooled. So I think this is this is a, this is awesome stuff to actually point out to those parents actually that kids need to be using the the right level of machines. So where would how would somebody go about upgrading an operating system, Ari? Uh, well, the usual way would be to uh, purchase a new operating system if it's Windows. If it's Linux, they will uh, download a copy of that distribution, um, put it onto a bootable CD, DVD, or USB flash drive, stick it in the computer, run setup, and just let it finish uh, going through the uh, operating system update. Typically, that takes uh, for Linux or Windows uh an hour or two at most. And should they back up beforehand? It is always a good idea to back up your data um, regularly, even if you're not planning an operating system upgrade. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we tend to think of computers as expensive devices, software as expensive uh, software that we put on there. But these are things that we can replace. Your data, on the other hand, that's not too likely to be something that you can go down to the store and buy again. So it's really super important that you back up your data. If it's very important, you back it up in multiple locations and multiple places. And then the most important thing is that you periodically verify those backups. Uh, go ahead, make sure that they can be read, restore all or some of that data, preferably on another computer so that you can verify the backup works. Otherwise, you have what we call in the industry a Schrodinger's backup, where you don't know if it's working or not. Now, I, I, I think I have one last question, actually, around, around running Windows 7, Ari. So if somebody is intent on, on keeping their Windows 7 because they love and cherish that version of Windows and the look and feel, or 
like me, they're just far too lazy to upgrade and actually do that necessary task. Do the ESET products still run on Windows 7? The ESET software runs on Windows 7. It runs on Windows Vista and runs on Windows XP. And I was actually looking at our telemetry uh, earlier this year, and I saw that we had about 13 customers still running Windows NT and providing us telemetry. And all I could think of is, you poor people who who hurt you. Well, seeing all that equipment in the back of your room, Ari, I think some of those devices might be at your house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm For operational security purposes, I'm not going to reply to that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, guys, we and I think one of the things we always talk about here, this is speakeasy security. And, you know, coming off of that first episode where Tony was giving us a bit of a history lesson in what speakeasies uh, were and where that coin was that term was even coined from uh, we always enjoy having a beer while we uh while we're recording so i'm gonna raise my glass here guys i've got a glass of uh lagunitas ipa and I'm not sure what you guys are drinking drinking but well, actually tell me what are you what are you drinking ari i'm i'm kind of embarrassed here i'm just have a cup of instant coffee by my desk <laughs> that's fine that's fine and what alcohol is in the instant coffee ari i'm just curious um uh, it's just uh, Rocky Mountain High Natural Spring Water. <laughs> well, you know, this week I I, I've, I have a Half Moon Bay Brewery Amber. All right. You went so to Messi this week. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to a local brewery. Look at you, man. Well, here, I'm going to give you guys a virtual cheers here. All right. I really enjoy having a drink with you guys because it allows us to just have this conversation that I think a lot of people are are kind of curious about and this topic kind of had had our interest i think when tony and i were thinking through it and ari you know we're glad to have you here and one of the things that we were talking about was of course just looking at obsolete tech in all of its kind of um, instances whether that was uh you know security uh but certainly of course financial and you know maybe some of our listeners have their own you know small businesses or they've been running their businesses for a while but um there's some there's some new data to share that I found recently, and they were saying up to uh, businesses are losing up to about $1.8 billion each year in wasted productivity due to obsolete tech. So things like when the devices are getting older, uh, they run slower, uh, they freeze more often, and they often require more maintenance. Um, Ari, outside of these considerations, what should the average user keep in mind uh, when they're running old tech or old versions? Well, one thing to keep in mind is parts availability. Uh, technology does change over time. And if you are going to continue to keep using old computers, especially in your business, where they are doing something that's important, something that's making you money, uh, you have to make sure that you have continuity of operation by keeping spare parts or entirely spare computers uh, available uh, or near to you and uh, temperature controlled storage, for example. So you can bring those up if you have a failure on your primary special computer that you're still using to make your business uh, some revenue. This, this has been super interesting. And, and one thing that is, is brought to my mind, and Ari, I'd love, I'd love to do another episode with you sometime soon on uh, actually how to get rid of old tech. 
on how we safely dispose of it. So if I do end up replacing my Windows 7 PC, which will probably take me the next two to three years to actually get around to, uh, what do I do with that device afterwards? Or how do I get rid of those old external drives? Or how do I do it safely to ensure my privacy? Absolutely. Um, That's something we can uh, discuss. But in a nutshell, you're going to want to... um, Erase those computers, uh, hard disk drives or solid state drives uh, before you turn them in for recycling. Um, If you are particularly concerned, uh, you could uh, remove them from the computers and uh, set them aside and then just uh, turn the computer into your recycler and they'll take it from there. Now, some recycling services will actually destroy the computer's hard drive uh, or solid state drive for you and provide you with a certificate of data destruction attesting to that. Well, I'd love to get into a. I think we could have a whole episode on what to do with old tech. So let's uh, let's schedule that one. Sounds great. Yeah, we'd love to have you back there. I think everyone can relate there, especially you, Tony. <laughs> we'll get you that new. We'll get you that new machine before end of year. I promise. Um, so, guys, this has been a great conversation. I think, as Tony was mentioning. Um, there's a lot of considerations and um, we all don't have the time and certainly we might not have the resources to upgrade when when these new versions come out. So Ari, we wanted to thank you for coming in and shedding some light on this topic that I know a lot of our users would uh, or a lot of our listeners would, would rather hear about. And um, I wanted to also extend a huge thank you for me set here for uh, being on board for over 15 years. And um, thank you for, for, for helping with it, helping us out. It's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to be a part of the ESET families for so long. Um, it's been great so far, and I'm frankly, I'm looking forward to the next 15. Well, so are we. Well, with that, we're going to sign off here, and this is the end of episode five for Speaking Security. Thank you. Thank you.